friends. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited about this episode. I interview my best friend, who I've known since I was six years old, but you may know her as Lori from HBO's The Deuce, and soon from the upcoming film Trial by Fire, the amazing Emily Mead. Emily and I were born eight months apart. We met at the end of first grade when our moms bonded over the fact that we were leaving the same elementary school. So obviously when astrology entered our lives, we started to retroactively look at things and realize that we have so many synchronicities within our charts. For instance, her 25-degree Aquarius moon is conjunct my 25-degree Aquarius north node, and her 25-degree Sagittarius rising trines my 25-degree Leo sun and south node conjunction. Interestingly as well, our friendship also transformed when we were 25 years old. I was living in Los Angeles, and Emily started coming out and staying with me for several weeks at a time, which shifted our friendship from kids to teenagers to young adults. And now our friendship continues to evolve as we go through new life stages and cycles together. A very notable cycle that we both just entered and exited is our Saturn return. So we both experienced our Saturn returns at about the same time. Emily's six degree Capricorn and mine is seven degree Capricorn Saturn. So 2018 was basically just back-to-back Saturn returning for both of us. So what is Saturn return? Historically, the planet Saturn, this ringed gas giant, has been connected to death and misery and even the devil. But we don't see Saturn like that anymore. In fact, now we have sort of updated our perception of Saturn to recognize that even though it's leading with tough love, that it actually has a lot to offer. Saturn is about karma and lessons and responsibility. It takes Saturn between 28 and 30 years to move across the entire zodiac, and it stays within each sign for approximately three years. So when Saturn in the sky comes back into the same sign it occupied when you were born, that is when your Saturn return begins. And when Saturn in the sky is at the same degree as Saturn in your chart was, then that is the crux of this important life milestone. If we live long enough, we'll experience three Saturn returns in our life, one in our late 20s, in our late 50s, and in our late 80s. Each correspond with a shift in our values. And some people are afraid of their Saturn return, and I think that there's good reason to be. Saturn is very intense, and if you've been cruising through your 20s or your 50s or your 80s in this youthful haze, (laughs) then yeah, Saturn return is going to serve a hefty reality check. Life is hard. But if you have been experiencing challenges or hardships or obstacles, when you reach your Saturn return, it's actually like a breath of fresh air because Saturn provides you with the tools that you need to make things better. Saturn says, yes, I see you. I see that you have been busting your ass. So here, grab this wrench and let's screw this in once and for all. Saturn 
wants you to live your best life through accountability and through responsibility. So when we experience our Saturn return, we go through a tremendous change in what we can accomplish and manifest and what we can bring into the fold. Emily and I explore these concepts together, so let's just go and dive right into it. Friends, here we are, episode four of Stars Like Us. Enjoy. So I am here with someone who is extremely important to me, someone I am always very impressed by, an inspiration, a muse. (laughs) (laughs) My dog also has something to say about this. Um, Emily Mead. Hi. You're an actress. You're a supermodel. Uh, You're an activist. (laughs) Thanks. You are an actress, actually. Um, What's up, girl? Hey. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm Emily Mead. I've been friends with Eliza since I was six. So uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of insight into your world, your chart, just some of these special things. Um, Yeah, my name is Emily Mead. I just turned 30 in January. Um, Happy solar return. Thank you. And that kind of was sort of concluded the climax of my Saturn return as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I am a Capricorn sun, an Aquarius moon, Sagittarius rising. I'm personally a little bit proud of that combination of very sort of different things. I think that's cool. It is cool. It's <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, I have a lot of fire in my chart that I didn't learn until recently via Lisa. So I am very excited by that new identity. You sound very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I got the energy up. I was like tired, but now that the mics are rolling, I got the energy going. <laughs> God, for those mics yeah. are rolling. I have zero water in my chart, in my personal chart. We all have everything in our chart. Well, you do have oh. Pluto and Scorpio. Well, but... So that still counts as personal chart, not as, like, generational. It's in your personal chart. It's not a personal planet. No. But you still do have water by way of Pluto. All right, whatever. <laughs> it's I'm especially important for you water. because that means that your moon is also squaring Pluto. Which means it's hard. That's right. <laughs> to be me. Yep. What is that? I mean, it's probably boring to explain what that it means now. But I don't think it is boring. Oh, what does it mean? So when a moon squares Pluto. Mm -hmm. So if you were born with your moon in either Leo or Aquarius, um, and you yourself were born in the 80s through early 90s, um, it means that your emotions are going to feel like they are competing with your ability to transform. Mm. That there is a direct tension between your emotional inner world and Pluto, which is our... Um, transgressive and destructive and phoenix-esque mm-hmm. qualities and that's specific to having aquarius moon or just yeah, yeah. it's specific to either because there's only two or Leo. yeah there's only two signs that would that square another mm-hmm. so in the case of scorpio it's going to be leo or so aquarius i have scorpio pluto yeah and do you as well i do okay so does everyone born in those few years does? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> so I have no water. <laughs> so what you tell so me I'm is waterless. Waterless. <laughs> waterless for pussy. And isn't your Chiron in Cancer? 
Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, if I remember, I remember it isn't your uh, North Node in Pisces. <laughs> so in fact, you have a water trine. Uh, I, yeah, trine. That's bad or hard, right? No, it's slippery. Oh, it works. Yeah, I'm very slippery. I'm a slippery slope. Slippery wood. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's talk about sex. Yeah. And <laughs> and Go. me too. <laughs> and your Saturn return. All oh, of yeah. these things correspond in your chart. With your first house stellium, um, first house being something we wear on our sleeve. Mm -hmm. So you have your Saturn in Capricorn. You are a Capricorn sun. Your Capricorn Saturn return began in December 2017. And even though Saturn is going to stay in Capricorn through 2020, really the worst is over for you. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. Thank you. It's big. Thank you. I feel it. What happened? (laughs) Well, as I've complained, a lot happened, but a lot of it didn't feel like enough happening when it happened. But Which is like hashtag Capricorn problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The whole time I want it to be the most efficient Saturn return possible and uh, get very yeah frustrated when it, I don't see things changing immediately or, or extremely enough. I guess that's why I've cut my hair badly so many times because if it's just a subtle change, it doesn't – I need it to be an extreme change. And that's why I've given myself a lot of mullets in times <laughs> of, you know, stress. So I guess I just realized that now, that similarity of, like, I need everything to be – Drastic. Drastic, yes. And But as I said to you, that I do notice now, I really feel the sudden return. And, like, I feel kind of like – it drying out a little, you know, all the like moisture and <laughs> wetness of Saturn return. <laughs> or, like, this yeah. is so horny. Yeah. <laughs> or it's kind of unhorny to talk about drying out. But yeah. Well, yeah. everyone has their thing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it drying out and I feel, yeah, or like it's almost like liquid in the lungs drying out or something. Like I can breathe a little more, even though like whatever life still has its. the challenges that are still there feel different and they're a little bit easier they're just a little lighter um so this past year they yeah it was just challenge after challenge even if it wasn't it didn't I think it was almost like I rejected certain challenges because I thought they wouldn't lead to enough of a transformation and I didn't realize that even the very little things all added up to now basically feeling like a different person than I was at the beginning of my Saturn return. So walk us through this a little bit. So December 2017, what was your life like? What were, what was going on? I had just gone through a breakup with someone that I had moved in with in August of 28, we're talking 2018? <laughs> or 2017, right? Yeah. 2017. <laughs> um, which I'm sure that had some kind of planetary significance. But then, yeah, we I went through the breakup in October, so obviously December was still... The significance of that, by the way, was... <laughs> Sorry, just, just in case you were me. wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. The yeah, um... significance of that was Saturn in that uh, transit, which was in Sagittarius, crossing your ascendant. Mm. Wait, that's when we broke up or when we moved in together? When you broke up. Oh, okay, yeah. We broke up in October and then... In December. Because you're a late degree Sag rising, right? Yeah, 25. Yep. Yeah. So that in the fall, is it was at 25 degrees. It went from your 12th house into your first house. So 
wham wham bam thank you ma'am thank you ma'am yeah. aka i'm breaking up with my boyfriend <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. that's yeah another shift yeah and especially at this age especially inside and return with all that pressure there's that added feel like i i kind of pushed moving in together even if that person wasn't fully ready or sure of it because i have been eager to sort of get to that next stage of life or whatever which i guess i was probably trying to kind of skip past what I had to go through in my Saturn return to get there. Um, so, yeah, I was going through a breakup. And then in December, I had been working on a film in Atlanta when we broke up. And then in December I was when I came back to New York to have to – I didn't – me and my ex were – we were peaceful with each other, so we were basically sharing the apartment we lived in and kind of taking turns living there. So I really didn't have a – I was either living there, but – on borrowed time or living out of a suitcase on a friend's couch um so yeah it started in i guess very uh unrested up in the air place in december when it all started and um then it that was i guess the yeah, we keep saying start, and then that was the start. <laughs> well, it goes to show that <laughs> slow start. Slow start. So that that started, and yeah, and so I didn't. As far as the apartment, I didn't wind up moving and getting an apartment until April. That's but, crazy. Yeah, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> but then before that, I went to LA and um, had adventures there with lessons, and then. I guess the first big... That sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures in LA with lessons? Yeah. Holy it's, shit. Sexy or, or dry. Inside. No, it's not dry. Wet. Tearful. <laughs> wet. Not wet vagina. Wet face. <laughs> wet with tears. From... From wet put vagina. It, put, it, put, it, put it your face in a wet vagina. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm putting theirs in mine. <laughs> yeah, so their face was wet from vagina, but I was wet from tears. <laughs> As it goes. <laughs> um, that's LA in the winter. Yeah, that's well, you keep, how you keep cool. And, oh, that's LA in <laughs> Well, it's still warm in LA. It wasn't that warm, but. Um, but yeah that was well as a as a a psychic once told me <laughs> I, <laughs> a very wise psychic yeah, i she told me this la- this past july in the midst of the saturn return but because i'm sort of at that place where i am very close to meeting the right person or a, a significant partner or the father of my children or whatever it might be that i'm going around and every single person i meet i'm thinking that they are that and bringing a lot of expectation to the table so even though I get really attached to people and like have the soulmate syndrome of always looking for a soulmate I feel like then it really got kicked up a notch in my whatever late 20s of like really mathematically under like making a list of why somebody would actually work for me and like really trying to make that true although at the beginning of the Saturn return no I wouldn't say I was even thinking certain people could actually be a good partner I just was getting very triggered and attached and and feeling more and more like oh god am I ever gonna meet the one which I still haven't just so everybody <laughs> knows um hopefully by the time this comes out I will <laughs> but it's coming out tomorrow <laughs> exactly big to share with you my words exactly I mean my hopes exactly but but yeah no I've always done that which I, I'm sure there's well, guess what? Maybe that's my Chiron in the seventh house or 
Chiron in the seventh house, Venus on your ascendant. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everything for me starts with love. and so, Well, and that's why you actually said this at the time. So, yeah, and I, you know, already had even already gotten hurt. But in January, February, whatever, when I, whatever, had wet face again. <laughs> and <laughs> that, suffering from another case of wet, wet face. <laughs> and that right at that time was when I actually launched into what was the first really obvious significant part of change in my Saturn return, which was everything with the deuce and the intimacy coordinator. And you were saying how since Venus starts my chart, often romantic things are what start a big change, even if it's not the actual romantic situation itself that is the important thing. I stand by it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, But yeah, so that was the first, I I, I basically wound up, um, which is maybe very first house or Aquarius, moon or whatever the time's up me too me movement and the position I was in on the show I was on and realizing my own uncomfortability I asked my show to hire what's called an intimacy coordinator which is now becoming a new really important part of uh filmmaking and tv making so maybe that's part of my the way that my first big step of Saturn return was sort of something I saw on the macro scale and making it or like using my micro experience in the I was like oh this relates to me and making a personal change but on a scale that's about a bigger change the way that I chose to handle that and the way it actually manifested um yeah is a very it really makes sense for it to be Saturn return because I think it is a really uh very good example of the culmination of sort of a lot of the things I've been working with within my whole life which I feel like Saturn is that so it's like dealing with my my own sexual issues on a personal level and the fact that I've in my career often allowed myself to be uncomfortable and disassociate and disconnect from that uh, due to my own coping mechanisms for my own personal sexual trauma or issues plus my relationship with my career and being a woman plus though my feeling of duty to put the message I'm sending to the world or protect the world or help the world above like I I will always kind of feel the instinct to self-sacrifice to help the world and the only time it makes me feel like I'm being taken advantage of is if I don't feel like I'm helping the world and I think that's what I managed to go from the beginning or my career up until then of feeling like I was both just hurting myself and not helping anyone because no one was even seeing anything I was in or gave a shit or I didn't feel like I had a voice and to take feeling like that and then turn it into a way to make a change for myself and other people I think was like it not only is it the proudest thing that has ever like I've ever done the most proud I don't know how to put the the most proud I've ever felt (laughs) but it also I think has really shifted so much in my life to I mean yeah finding empowerment rising from the ashes or finding empowerment and gratitude for all that was leading up to that and so I guess it makes sense if with I guess it was a it felt like a satisfying use of my first house stellium to in by way of trying to protect myself and I went to HBO and I asked them to hire I didn't know there was such thing as an intimacy coordinator I didn't know that was a position it was but it was not being used at all but so I asked them to hire who was using it theater apparently 
Not even all of it. You know, the theater nerds. Oh, dogs don't want to have real sex. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, kind of, though. Like, <laughs> I'm that's, kidding, I'm kidding. There's, but there's, like, even an audience in that, like... There's, there's even... In, in theater, oh, I mean, like, it's like... Yeah, well, but that's... Yeah, I mean, it's really silly. It makes sense to use it there as well, obviously. But they... Because I think theater in general focuses more on the kind of... Um, what's the fucking called? the choreography of things not just dance but just yeah when you're on a stage like if you're doing a combat scene on a stage you can't like in a film you can cut away and make it look like you shot somebody or punched somebody in many different ways on the stage you have to actually physically do something that will look like you're doing it in without different angles or takes. tricks of the eye without tricks of the eye and the <laughs> same with sex i guess so i guess that's probably where it came from the way to like make it look on a stage like you're having sex without oh so that yeah i mean that makes sense and that's a good use for it but that is even still different yeah that's approaching it from the choreography exactly which is not what i was yeah for me i wasn't like oh i want this well no choreography all of it it's all of that matters and being protected it's like having an actual guideline and a routine to follow and slash having a person there to protect so what i was really asking for ultimately to HBO before knowing this was a job with somebody to be a liaison and a go-between between the actor and the director or producers when choreographing or talking about sex scenes because, as I've said, there's so much personal investment when it comes to who you're, you know, when you're, yes, making a TV show is your job, but these people also become your friends and they're your creative partners, and so... And one of the most frustrating things is that, and and not to mention as a woman, you have way less say or power in this industry, as we've learned. So, yeah, when a male, or anyone, but when a male director or a person in a position of bigger power than you is asking you to do something in a sex scene, even if they're an incredibly nice person and they're easygoing and wouldn't want you to be uncomfortable, it's not that easy to tell someone that you're uncomfortable. Whether it's that you don't even realize you're uncomfortable or it's vulnerable to admit or you don't want to disappoint them so I ultimately wanted somebody there who their sole job was to just oversee sex scenes and make sure everything was taken care of and that there was someone to kind of go to and that their job was that and it wasn't about the creative or about the money and making sure that we moved things along because so many of the bad situations I was in on set were because time is money and you need to just keep it going and whatever so I just asked for that. I asked for somebody to supervise and liaison. And turned out there was already a damn position made for it that just nobody was using. Um, and so, yeah, HBO hired one on our show, The Deuce, and then they wound up making it mandatory for all of their shows. And now Netflix is using them, and I'm very touched. That I, I'm not even saying it's all because of me. It's all because of you. And, <laughs> and also, I want to also bring this but, up because this is important to me as – as a Leo. Um, so this credit. happened in... Credit. <laughs> Attribution. Um, this happened in January mm-hmm. before you started filming season two. two yeah. And you, you went on to set in season two. You came up to an agreement with HBO and they said, duh, of course we fucking need this. Mm-hmm. They brought it on. You did that. Did you know that you were going to be given credit? No. I mean, I, I, no. It was very tricky at the time because obviously everything with Time's Up and Me Too has been so 
sensitive and confusing and what to say or not to say and it's been such new territory that everyone's been rather reactionary and fearful of speaking about certain subjects and so at the in entering it no I didn't really know how it would play out because I knew that people would probably find it dangerous for me to speak about it because it could raise eyebrows or questions and I don't know, and implicate dangerous. you in yes, some way yeah. yes and it's a dangerous thing but uh I definitely hoped I would in some way eventually I just didn't really know how that was going to work out and it took we didn't yeah I didn't talk about it until after season two was done shooting and airing or when it was almost done airing and I kind of out of fear didn't do any press for the premiere of season two which usually is when you do press and then um things about the intimacy coordinator period started being talked about so the the cat was out of the bag that we had one and that's when I sort of had to again which was a kind of another it was like you've said like with the Saturn return there's several parts of the story so that was kind of the follow-up to that storyline of there was the doing it part but then there was also the advocating for myself and taking credit which just even saying that sounds yucky and so trying to accept or allow that to be an important thing without feeling like an asshole or or well I mean like do you think that there's a difference between somebody who donates a million dollars to a charity with their name on the wall or somebody who donates it anonymously I I don't know I mean I feel like there's I feel like there's a difference, which is why I feel ashamed that I would want to have my name on it, you know? So I don't know. I, but is there a difference? I don't I, I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think there is? No, not at all. <laughs> well, that's good, because I always want my name. <laughs> and you deserve to have your yeah, name. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it's a human thing, I guess, of just wanting to have it to leave something behind and have it clear what you did on the earth while you were here. Well, I also think that when we look at history and so many of these, you know, in all different realms, in art, in literature, in politics, so often history has been rewritten to give the credit to somebody's husband Mm -hmm. to their father Mm -hmm. to like the male the closest male in power to that person and we have seen time and time again that history does that so you know it's not just for you to take credit for Mm -hmm. the contributions that you make but it's also for history to say like this wasn't (laughs) you know hbo who is was uh agreeable to Mm -hmm. it but is ultimately, you know, like the CEO is a white male, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Over history, time, if you didn't take yeah. credit for it, it could very easily just go to HBO, the entity, rather yeah. than Emily Mead, beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's act- that is, yeah, validating. Because it is, I guess, yeah, the desire. Also for me, as we were just discussing and researching, we were just talking about you researching John Lennon's life or how we, we often research the, I, I will go on tangents of, googling and researching a person's life story and actually part of when I want to whatever outward I I already for narcissism or not better or worse like have yes always imagined a life where I am a known person and whether you call that famous or not or whatever just that 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 I die with 
legacy and that's which is probably many people's desire for different reasons and i'm sure mine are a mixture of selfish and not but um in that like when i'm i actually get great comfort and information from studying other people's sort of history and story and what they left behind so to me it actually really is important the details and the specificity of did this if the same person can whatever show their tits on tv but also you know make a difference in the sexuality on television that to me is an important story line to follow and the and to know you know or whatever when i read up about somebody and i see that they were a drug addict but then they became a priest or whatever like these are all important details of understanding the truth of life or what people are capable of or i don't know it's just important information so i sometimes almost see making these things publicly clear as like artifacting <laughs> like, no it's very important i mean i think that it's our responsibility to to create some sort of a time capsule of mm. accuracy mm. in fact i feel like it is a responsibility Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen again, like through history, just so much distortion. And when the history books are being written by certain people, things are going to skew one way. When they're being written by others, they're going to skew another. So to have like the first hand account of somebody mm-hmm. saying like, "No, this is how it was," yeah. that like autobiography is one of the most important things yeah. ever. Yeah, in terms of tracking the history of generational progressions. Mm-hmm. Tying it into astrology for a moment, Jupiter through Scorpio is, at least from my vantage, a huge component of why Me Too and Time's Up and all of these um, stories that have been really quite abundant and prevalent for a very, very long time yeah. uh, finally became like mainstream news. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, let's be honest, like, Everybody knew in the industry that Harvey Weinstein was a massive, disgusting pervert. A lot of people also knew that Louis C.K. was showing his dick. Yeah, people knew knew it. I had heard that. (laughs) I had heard it too. But why did it suddenly matter? Mm -hmm. And from an astrology perspective, Jupiter in the planet of expansion, in the sign of sex and taboos and secrets, duh. Mm -hmm obvious Mm -hmm. however one of the issues with jupiter through scorpio scorpio energy in general is that it can be very black and white and it can be very like um this is it you know Mm -hmm. this is the darkness or the light and get on one side and there's no nuance here it's very extreme Mm -hmm. and i do feel like one of the issues with me too and time's up and you and i emily have talked about this a lot Mm -hmm. um is just that it you know, it doesn't, it didn't really know how to work with the gray areas. And now that Jupiter's in Sagittarius, which is much more curious and open-minded and philosophical, it has its own drawbacks, Mm -hmm. but some of the things that it does really well and coming right after Scorpio is that it helps um, expand our landscapes a little bit more Mm -hmm. and broaden the perspectives of what the possibilities of something could be. Do you feel like you know, in this new now movement that there is more openness and flexibility? Do you feel like things have been changing for the better or are they regressing? 
I I can't tell the results yet of whether it's going to go forward or not, but I do feel optimistic about the fact that I feel like there is now more desire for there's a, things have relaxed a little, which obviously if they relax too much, then people will just let everyone run wild again. But I, I feel rogue fucking rogue fucking fucking, fucking rogue. rogue. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, I'm actually a little excited to see what happens this next year or, or what, however long it takes. If I think people are a little more desiring nuance and specificity and honesty and um, have maybe just like with anything time heals things and calms things down so now that we've kind of we've we did the past year was like uh, uncovering all the shit and digging it all up and really painful and the truth coming and now we're in the stage of maybe starting to look at it a little closer and through multiple perspectives and and I feel like I've heard that from people on a personal basis having private conversations for a while now I think men and women alike do not like how black and white and extreme this whole movement has been and we all see that kind of leads to a dead end if it stays that way i think i told you this when i heard about this but i have to share it on this public forum (laughs) um (laughs) right in the heart of the me too movement right in the crux of jupiter and scorpio i her i was told this story from this tech guy who was talking to investors and he was talking to this rich investor. And he, the rich investor was like, oh, my son has a fabulous idea for an app. He's currently a student at whatever university <laughs> of whatever frat. And <laughs> he and his buddies were talking about how great it would be to have a consent app. And in this app, before people oh. went home together, oh, yeah, they would sign me. off on this thing. And I was oh, like, and all of the guys, I was in a room, it was like this tech guy telling the story and then all of these other guys and everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> pretty good. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. No. Like, so, what? Yeah. Like, you're hey, gonna, very unsexy. <laughs> first, first, that is not hot. <laughs> first of all, that's a way to kill it. <laughs> Boner killer. Yeah. Second of all, you can. Second of all, you can fake you get that. a fucking blackout drunk <laughs> hand to sign yeah. off on an app. And then you can also get yeah. somebody who had total consent and was totally down with it. You can screenshot that and send yeah. it around yeah. and say, "Look who I fucked." Yeah. Like, or someone could give you consent and then you go there and you want to fuck him with a knife right, <laughs> they totally. want to revoke consent. What, and also what are you giving consent for exactly like, I mean, yeah that's that's that sounds like a flop of an app but the crazy <laughs> thing was is that there are all of these guys in the room being like that's really smart yeah well because, because they're thinking this about time, protecting themselves yeah because now guys are getting penalized for everything <laughs> you can't even tell a woman she looks nice yeah exactly yeah. which like i just don't have that much no. sympathy for yeah like i mean that's what you're, you're if you're a creep yeah this is yeah. gonna be a tough time for you <laughs> but like yeah. turns out you're a fucking creep so yeah. get it together yeah so you get your shit right. <laughs> no it's i mean that's and it's been so nice when you i mean obviously yeah they could just be saying this but when i hear any decent man saying like it's not a scary time for men it's a scary time for men who have raped someone totally <laughs> and they're you know it's been nice too because yes there's there's, it's, we, at first, it was so overwhelming to see all the men who did all these bad things. We're like, oh, God, are there any good men? But I think recently I've seen the reverse more of, like, the people who, whether it's that they haven't publicly been called out or just 
talking to men on a different plane now and seeing like oh no it's not automatic that a man is constantly crossing boundaries like there are men who don't do that <laughs> like that is that does exist what do you think i mean is it like a nature nurture thing like yeah. i mean to me i feel like one of if we bring astrology into the schools yeah. at a young age, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> my idea. But I, I think empathy, of course, yes. is like the main variable. And But not all people are capable of that. Sociopaths, and apparently one in four people are sociopaths. It's like empathy is important, but there's, good, like, there's never going to be a world where everybody has that. But yeah, it's true. It's not, well, it's not prioritized. Whether it's like addressed in any way or not, it's, yeah, it's not, people are not, school itself teaches you whatever learning and knowing things is more important than how you interact with humans really how would you feel about saying the first word that comes to your mind when i list all of the planets sure yeah i'm scared that i'm being wrong but yeah i know there's no right or wrong but unless you say something really dumb yeah as a capricorn there's right or wrong but no yeah 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 ready yeah sun life moon feelings mercury talking venus sexy <laughs> mars war jupiter big saturn lessons uranus butthole <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually i don't know but yeah butthole sorry that's good <laughs> neptune poseidon but <laughs> water but pluto uh, the I think of Pluto the dog. What face were you making? <laughs> <now>? Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but Pluto, I think of Pluto the dog from the cartoons. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for playing. <laughs> Thank you for playing this game. Uh, I'm never gonna play it again. Uh, yeah, I realize it doesn't work. <laughs> this game's a fucking disaster. Not a good game. To play. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, I love you so much. Eliza, I love you so much. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for. I could do it all night. Hopefully we will yeah. in our spinoff yeah. podcast. Yeah. Where can we find you? In my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Well, I'm about to go back to shooting season three of The Deuce, which will air next September on HBO. I have a film trial by fire that is supposed to come out this year. That's exciting. Yeah. I don't know when, but yeah. And then after that, hopefully you can keep finding me. <laughs> we'll find you. Yeah, you will. We will we'll find you. Oh, you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>